The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is absolutely huge news. The Edmonton Police Service has released its new policy when it comes to publicly naming homicide victims. They released a report yesterday afternoon with the Edmonton Police Service saying that they would name homicide victims in most cases, that those names will be released in most cases. The new policy comes after research found that the information is clearly within the public interest as per freedom of information and protection of privacy legislation. This had a lot to do with a member of the media saying, we need, to, we deserve to know these things. We deserve to tell these people's stories. And you think about the Serenity case. If you, if this, this, I don't think this was the reason that we came to this because that ended up going through the Alberta law courts. It went through the Alberta legislature in how we deal with children's deaths. But putting a name to this little girl has humanized a victim of a horrible crime. And now when we can actually say this is what happened to someone other than a male in his late 40s or a female in her early 20s, But we'll find out why this is such a big deal with someone who has had a big hand in making this happen here in the city of Edmonton. And that that is Stephen Penny, the professor of faculty of law at the University of Alberta. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Is, Is this as big as we think it is? Well, I think it's a very welcome development. Uh, I do think it's it's important that this change was made. It's certainly important for the media, but I also also think it's important for, for all of us, for members of the general public. And I understand that not everyone agrees with this decision, and people are understandably sensitive about the horrific situation that families of homicide victims are placed in in the immediately, immediate aftermath of the tragedy. But I do believe that the police have, have made the right decision here that's in the long-term best interests of not just the media, but the general public. Stephen, why, why is it important to name the victims? What, what does that mean? Well, there, there are a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, I think you alluded to perhaps the most important one in your introduction. You know, it's been argued that as long as the incident is reported and the details uh, are provided to the public and to the press, that's all the public really needs to know. They don't need to know specifically who this happened to. But I think that, you know, ignores the real human dimension. It's difficult for human beings to sympathize or empathize or understand what's happening in their own communities unless they can imagine it happening to a real person, not an anonymous statistic, uh, not just some abstract description of, of who it happened to and what the context was, but to understand that this happened to a real person with a real name. And that's what really spurs change and it spurs understanding about, you know, domestic violence, for example, or violence against vulnerable groups like Indigenous women or Indigenous people generally. So we can have a conversation, a public conversation about what we can do to to prevent these kinds of tragedies and what changes need to be made in society. And providing the name of the victim helps us all to have a conversation about that uh, to potentially make change happen. One thing that I'm looking at is the timeline on this. I think a a big frustration, as you said, this is of great interest to those of us who work in journalism in trying to tell the stories of these victims or to talk to the families about what this means or what, what new 
what they want to take on to be advocates against, whether it's drunk driving or domestic abuse. And you hear that there will be a police investigation. Often it'll come months after they'll say police have been investigating this event that happened in September 2018. And you're like, why are we just hearing about this now? And then we never get that name. How important is is there to be a, a set timeline if we are going to be in a situation where we can have the victim identified that it's done in a timely matter? Yeah, I think it's really important to have it done in a timely matter, uh, both for the sake of the kind of public conversation I've been talking about and also because the police may not realize that there are aspects of the incident that they're not aware of. So even if they believe that there's no investigative reason to release the name, which was often the justification that was given under the previous uh, police chief uh, with the EPS for not releasing names, well, you know, how can they be certain, right? And many other police forces in Canada uh, make it a policy to release the name for that very reason, that they don't know if there's someone out there with relevant information uh, that might shed light, uh, not just on who the perpetrator was or to provide evidence if the matter proceeds to a criminal trial, but also to just understand the context of why it happened, how it happened, and, and hopefully in the long run to, to help us prevent it from things like that from happening again. Stephen, Chief McPhee made this a priority pretty quickly in his new appointment. Are, are you pleased to see that, that this was obviously a priority for him? Yes, I am. I think he deserves tremendous uh, credit for making this a priority and for having uh, a very open and uh, consultative process leading up to this decision to consult with stakeholders and to take their concerns seriously, uh, to commission a a thorough research report on the question. Uh, Those are all commendable steps that that he took. And while, you know, I don't know that the the policy that's resulted from this is is perfect, um, you know, I I might uh, disagree with certain aspects of it. Uh, I think on the whole, it's a, a really positive step forward and the new chief and the EPS as a whole deserve a lot of credit. It's difficult to change course. It's difficult to admit in essence that the previous policy was wrong. And uh, for him to have the, you know, the, the courage and the chutzpah to do that and to, to get the institution as a whole to, to support him, I think is uh, very impressive. What, are you, what parts are you disagreeing with? Well, it, it's a bit wishy-washy in terms of the criteria that are going to be used to withhold information on a case-by-case basis. I understand that there will be justifications for withholding information. The main ones that are named are where there's the potential to compromise an investigation. I take no issue with that. Uh, where the identity of the deceased has not yet been confirmed, again, that's perfectly legitimate. And, uh, you know, to give time where practical to notify next of kin. That's all well and good, but there are also factors that are kind of, you know, can be considered on a case-by-case basis. For example, if there's been a murder-suicide or if a child is involved, there seems to be an indication that that one of those factors might justify the non-release of information. So in part, I think we're just going to have to wait and see as to how those criteria are applied and whether, you know, the EPS is going to follow through on this and consistently release names unless they're very, very unusual and pressing justifications for not releasing the names. But, um, but I do think they've left themselves a, a little bit of wiggle room that, um, you know, causes me to just be a little bit um, cautious and before I, I give it the full thumbs up. But, but in the, you know, I would stress that in the main, the spirit of this new policy and the way that it's been presented is very much good news and it's very welcomed. 
switching gears just a little bit, and I hope this is okay, uh, just a general reaction to a judge saying that they will not dismiss the charges against David and Colette Stefan uh, after the death of their 18-month-old son, Ezekiel, in 2012. So they, this is about the meningitis, and uh, they had, they've gone back and appealed it, and they're saying these charges will not be dismissed. How you just feel about, is this the end? Is this the conclusion of this ongoing case? Well, I, I don't know the precise details of what happened uh, uh, in this case. As I understand it, and, and I, I might be mistaken on this, but my understanding is that it, it looks like there was an application by the defense lawyer for what's called a directed verdict. And so this happens sort of partway through the trial at the end of the prosecution's case, where the defense says, even based on the prosecution's evidence, without even hearing from the defense, we don't think you've proven all of the elements of the of the offense. And in this particular case, I think the focus was on whether or not the failure to provide um, you know, adequate care and attention, the failure to, to bring the child to the hospital was necessarily proven as being the cause of the death. And so what would happen in that scenario, if I'm correct in, in that, in relaying the facts, in that scenario, the judge would simply say, well, you know, I'm not convinced one way or the other about that issue. I need to hear the full case and then decide whether or not that aspect of the case has been proved beyond a reasonable doubt. So it doesn't mean that uh, the Steppens are going to be convicted. Uh, it simply means that the full trial will continue, and now it will be up to the defense to decide whether to present evidence and what evidence to present, and then ultimately it will be for the judge to decide whether or not the offense has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Stephen, we're always so grateful to have your voice on 630 Chad. You always tackle those big topics for us. No problem. That's Professor Stephen Penny. He's with the Faculty of Law at the University of Alberta. And just earlier this week, it was Monday, that Jalen Nye actually had the police chief on talking about naming victims. And uh, we'll, we'll just play you that, and then we're going to be able to give away some tickets to tonight's Eskimos game. I mean, it's the, it's the balance of the, of the need to know and the right to know, and, but it's also, you know, taking into consideration that uh, uh, families of victims mm -hmm. are also victims, right? Our families, so, I mean, we got to take that into consideration, and we got to get something that's, uh, I think, a bit more proactive, and I think you'll, you'll see that in the next few days. Uh, it's, again, it's, it's trying to balance but at the same time, you can't be afraid to make a decision that's in the best interest of the collective. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to, you know, we'll make some things and we'll, we'll look at it from that perspective.